0: Hello and welcome to Benchwarmers, Episode 2, Season 1. It, the, the World Cup has started, it's, it's finally started, it's here. Every single person said that the very first game was going to be absolute pants, and it pretty much was. Uh, but before we get into that quick introduction, um, thank you to Jack for turning up. How's it going, Jack? Not bad, not bad.
1: Yeah, back Brilliant, again. you're
0: back from a nice, n- nice little holiday. Did you get to watch any of the World Cup games? Uh,
1: yeah, I did watch the first one. Um... And I missed the Ooh, best one we've
0: had so far. You. <laughs> oh, you missed all of Spain Portugal? Pretty much. Gutted. Yeah. Um, Matty, Matty joins us as well. How's it going? Matty, you enjoying the World Cup? I'm good. Yeah, good to see you both. Um, yeah, pretty
2: decent so far. Um, opening game was decent. Um, they ran one, obviously we'll talk about them later on. But
0: yeah, good start to the World Cup. Yeah, not bad at all, I think. I mean, despite the fact that the first game was, everyone said it was going to be rubbish, they it ended up being okay. Um, actually, listen, go on, go ahead, Matty.
2: I was just going to, yeah, well, that helped by Saudi Arabia being um, pretty poor. But yeah, like I said, we'll discuss that later on.
0: Yeah, in a couple of minutes. Okay, actually, really, really quickly, um, I missed the opening ceremony completely because I literally can't think of anything more boring to do with my life uh, than to watch opening ceremonies of anything. I've never seen an interesting one. Um, so do either do you want to comment on Robbie Williams' performance? I
2: thought
1: it was very strange. <laughs> strange selection.
2: Yeah, I mean, from what I've, um, I've I've actually read into this as well. Um, apparently, he's got good relationships with the Russians. Um, he does a lot of performance. He does a lot of performances for like the rich people. So um, I think he probably obviously knew people. That's why he got the job, and he he did it for free. But the reason that's why he flipped the bird um, because he was being accused of um, taking the the oil money. But it was actually. <laughs> Did it for free, so that's why he flipped the bird to the cameras.
0: Okay, I'm, st- I'm still not sure that makes him relevant in 2018, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> Jack, you're more of the musician than us too. Uh, did you approve of Did you approve of Robbie Williams' performance?
1: Uh, no, still, I still. It was very strange. Uh, he also had I don't know some a nobody Russian singer I'm assuming with him on the stage. Uh that right? <laughs> yeah,
2: bit bit odd the whole thing. It wasn't long though, like all no. the other ones in the past, which was, a, was. if we're looking for positives in the performance, it was quite short. Yeah, no, he, he banged yeah. out a
1: few hits and then, yeah, left. Did he sing Angels by any chance? He uh, did, he did.
2: Yeah. That's Really? Very, it was re- very weird, while wow, Ronaldo was on the pitch at the same time. It was a very weird, weird <laughs> moment.
0: <laughs> Nothing like uh, getting ready for the excitement of a World Cup by singing a song about someone who died. So, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely stunning. Um, okay, uh, finally an opening ceremony, obviously uh, Putin had um, a couple of words to say. Again, I missed this entirely. Uh, Matty, what did you, Matty, what did you think of Putin's performance?
2: I think it was quite funny. I mean, the, um, the guy, the English translator was basically, I mean, a lot of people said it sounded like the emperor, but I, I reckon it sounds like Bane from um, Batman. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, think, I think he was struggling to translate as he was talking, and it was a very stop-start translation. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're the two highlights from opening
0: ceremony. Okay, fascinating. Let's get straight on to the, let's straight, let's straight the first game. Uh, obviously, Russia-Saudi Arabia, we all said it was going to be the worst opening game of any tournament ever, uh, with two of the worst teams ever to have qualified for the World Cup. And we ended up seeing five goals, all from Russia. Um, uh, Matty, was it more Russia were actually good, or more Saudi Arabia were poor?
2: I think Saudi Arabia were poor. But I think we have to give Russia a bit of credit. I mean, I didn't think... I mean, I remember watching them in the Euros and they were very defensive. And it looked like they have, they've got a few players who were, um, you know, decent on the ball. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the names because I'm not going to embarrass myself. But um, I think Saudi Arabia were just awful. I mean, they were completely outmatched physically. And you could tell from every set piece, It was you just knew Russia were going to get something from it. And I think that they realised that and they brought on the big man in the second half and he made an instant impact. So, no, easy easy win for Russia. It'll be good because their fans were very um, downbeat going into the tournament. So, it's always good to have the host nation, I think,
0: doing well. Um, it's also nice to see, I mean, obviously Russia playing at home, but I think that's the only game so far that I've seen with a sold-out stadium. Um, yeah. so, so far, our yeah. tendencies have been a bit poor. Um, Jack, in terms of that group, so obviously Russia are top now. Um the rest of that group is obviously Uruguay, Egypt and Saudi Arabia. Do you think Russia can get out of that group? Yeah, I'd say so.
1: Because I think um, it could all come down to goal difference. So a 5-0 win is definitely mm. going to boost them for that. I guess a key match for them will be the Egypt game. Because I guess it will come yeah. down to those two, really.
0: Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I, I, th- I think a draw might be enough for them to get out of that game. Which, which leads us on quite nicely to the to the Uruguay-Egypt game. Um Suarez, I mean I-, I watched the BBC coverage,
2: yeah,
0: and Suarez's name was mentioned more than any other player uh during the game they were panning him at half time they were destroying him um I mean the guy missed three chances, but literally you thought he scored 10 on goals the way that the BBC had kind of like jumped on his back um in what
2: in, in what 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 way were they saying because i I had half an hour in the game I had it on silent um so i didn't I didn't hear what they were saying about him but he didn't seem um, to have that great a game.
0: No, I mean he didn't play well. Again, he, he missed a couple of clear chances. It, the ball bounced off his feet a couple of times. Fine, he had a poor performance. But I, I, I think there's something around the English media, maybe yeah. jumping on Suarez's back. Um, I mean, in the build-up, all you saw was Suarez's biting incidents. Um, they obviously they, they didn't mention one. They didn't mention a single positive fact that he scored. 70, 80 goals in the last couple of seasons with Barcelona, and um, that he's got a great scoring record for Uruguay as it is. They only showed the bad sides of him. Um, I think it's a bit stereotypical. I think it's a bit lazy to be honest with you. We all know what he did, and you can mention it, but mention it as a package of what kind of a player he is, not just not just the negative side of things. Um, but Jack, I wanted to ask you: Do you think that do you think not playing Mo Salah was the right decision for Egypt?
1: I guess if they rush him on too early, it like, could end up even worse than him, he misses the rest of the tournament. I guess if you take just take your time. Bring him back when he's absolutely ready, and hopefully, he'll perform well for them for the next couple of games. The next couple of games, Saudi Arabia. Um, and yeah, so they're going to have easier games than that for him to ease his way back in. Um, hopefully, grab, grab a few goals and build up his confidence into the tournament, and then yeah, hopefully, they'll progress into the next stages.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, fair. that's fair enough. I, th- I think also the fact that the game, maybe the manager thought about it as an option, but the more the game went on into the 70th minute, the 80th minute, and it was still nil-nil, mm. he must have told himself, there's just no need for me to risk it now. We can hold on. We can hold on. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Uruguay, they get the goal in injury time. Um, that was the first real boring game of um, the, the World Cup. But it was followed by Morocco versus Iran. Um, Matty, what was more boring? Morocco versus Iran or Uruguay-Egypt?
2: Um. Yeah. Morocco versus Iran. I think. Also. I think it's probably also down to the fact that not many of the players wore now. So, I mean, at least with Uruguay and Egypt, you had the Salah and Suarez factor to it. Um, I managed to watch the entire Morocco Iran game, so I can. I can definitely vouch for it being very boring. But there was there was a few. I would say Morocco had the better players. Um, they should, probably should have won. They had the better chances, but sloppy, sloppy on goal. Like,
0: I, I mean, I, I watched most of that game. I'm not, I didn't think it was that such a bad game. I mean, Morocco for 15, 20 minutes at the beginning were brilliant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, they were, they were all over Iran. They created a, a, a couple of chances, nothing special. And then slowly you just saw Iran on the counter-attack. They could have nicked a yeah, couple of goals yeah. and they didn't. Um, I yeah. mean, the second, the second half was pretty poor. Um, yeah, I think, but, I
2: think what didn't help the second half is there were so many injuries. Like, yeah. Everyone just kept falling down. There was that one moment where that guy got um, concussed and yeah. he was try- trying to get himself to stay on. But yeah,
0: rightly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, again, so just to recap the, the game, um, obviously Iran win their second ever um, World Cup game uh, with, with a 1-0 own goal um, against Morocco, which actually leaves them top of the group, <laughs> which also involves Portugal and Spain. I've got a friend of mine who's Iranian. Um, and when they flashed up the league table and showed they were on top... <laughs> He took pictures and shared it on every single <laughs> social media platform because he said he will never ever see that again. Um but anyway, like like I just mentioned, um, Iran on top of that group, uh, bottom on Morocco, and in second and third place, after a thrilling 3 3 draw, um was Portugal versus Spain. Um if we must, we must mention the guy who scored three goals, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with with a solid hat trick, a penalty, um at the gay um mistake that a weak shot in and then the little argument, a stunning free kick in the last couple of minutes of the game. Matty, does this settle the debate that Ronaldo is now better than Messi?
2: Um, It was never a debate for me, personally. (laughs) Uh, um, No, I mean, you can't... I I think they need to be stopped. You can't really compare them anymore. They're both, like, the best there is. And the the games the the their style is completely different in a way. Like they bring different things to the team. Um, I think, I don't think you can really have this debate anymore. I think I think people should just enjoy them while we still have them, rather yeah. than spending every time one of them plays. Well, who's better? Who's better? Who's better? It's, it gets it gets a bit boring after all these years. And considering this is the last World Cup, I think it'd be nice to actually you know appreciate appreciate both of them. Because this probably, we were not going to get to see this again, and I think that I think they're both on really good form at the moment as well. Like normally one of one of them is or sometimes both of them, they're a bit like a match fitness or maybe they've had an injury and they don't perform. But I mean, it looks like this time round we're going to get treated to them both being on top of the form.
0: Yeah, I think I think what's interesting if you just look at this season and Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously he hardly scored a goal for Real Madrid in the first yeah. half of the season. Um, but then, I mean, we all know the Champions League one that they went on. And he's carried on that form straight into the World Cup. Um, I was looking at a few stats with regards to um, the previous tournaments that he's played in. He's now played in seven or eight consecutive tournaments for Portugal. And I think he's never scored more than a couple of goals in either yeah. of those tournaments. And now he's already scored a hat-trick in the first game. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan, but it's it, it set up really nicely. It's set up brilliantly to see Ronaldo at his best in the World Cup. I think, Hopefully- I think they've... So so I
2: think they've um they've learnt to manage his game time better and he's learnt to he doesn't have to go full throttle all the time and like he doesn't go like he doesn't go to away games towards the end of the season does he I mean there's occasions yeah. where he's just been left at home you know he's he's managed himself a bit better and yeah. the passages wanting him to be playing every game never be taken off um it, same with Messi as well
1: Ronaldo can't yeah.
2: can't do that with Portugal though because uh, club level, yeah, they
1: both got great support within their team, but internationally, yeah. I think Ronaldo has minor support, and yeah, there's a few other players on the Argentinian side, which are up to world class um, standard, I guess. But yeah, he has no support. We saw it in the Euros where he, everyone said he pretty much carried them to the final, and he looks like he's going to have to do that again in this tournament.
2: I thought. Yeah, the, good. The, the, I thought the greatest thing was. Literally, that same day he was issued, yeah. um, you know, the suspended print prison sentence. The money he's got to pay back. The Spain authorities did that to him, and he's just gone scored a trick against him. So I mean, man, just, you, I mean, you, you just couldn't have. Yeah, someone on my Twitter said he would he, happen. He thrives off negativity or sort of that sort of yeah, stuff. So yeah,
1: so he said he's probably going to bang in a hat trick, and they did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jack, do you think which goal do you think was better? The the free kick from Ronaldo at the end or, or Nacho's stunning half-volley off the post?
1: Uh, I'd probably go for the, the half-volley. The guy's a defender. You don't expect it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, mean, you I, don't- I think te- te- technically that half-volley, not only is it hard just to keep it down, uh, but to get that kind of control and that swear on the ball. Yeah, he hits so sweetly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, stunning, I, but- I
2: was watching it this morning and as the ball's arriving to him, the ball's actually going up. So it's the ball's not going down to him. The ball's actually rising as he hit it, and he hit it, and it stayed at the same level the entire way into the net, and mm-hmm. and it's gone off the post. And there's nothing better than a goal go- going and off the post.
0: Should we quickly uh, discuss the the howler from De Gea? Matty, you're to defend your Man United goalkeeper. I'm just glad it's happened, to be honest.
2: You know Real Madrid won't want him now, will they? So, <laughs> yeah. to be fair to him.
1: You know they always say, oh, the ball when the ball
2: bounces directly in front of the goalkeeper, it was
0: always a bit of a yeah. issue. I, th- I think it was really annoying, especially when you see the camera angle from behind. That if he literally stood still, the ball would have just bounced off his shin and not gone into the goal. Do you but, think uh, he's actually putting his hands down that ended up kind of like palming it into the back of the goal? A bit annoying.
2: <laughs> Will they get a lot of grief for that back in Spain? Bear in yeah. mind, you know how good a keeper is. They're Will talking he of because yeah.
1: they said the newspapers are talking of dropping him for the
2: next game. Shocking. <laughs> there's,
0: there's, there's always that dramatic talk but I'll be honest with you I think he's, he's by far the number one goalkeeper in Spain and I think that when you build up that kind of that credit um, over a number of years that you know you, you can afford the odd mistake let's say he was making his debut or he'd only played 10 times or there was huge competition for the goalkeeping spot then you know I think being under pressure is fair enough but I think he has the experience he's Man United's number one he's the best goalkeeper in the Premier League um, I think that that background kind of means that I think he, he's just they, reported they to have
2: signed. He's just reported to have signed a new five-year deal. Really? Well, yeah. So, anyway, that's secured him for another few seasons at
0: least. Um, this is obviously all on the back of the fact that two days before, or maybe even one day before the World Cup started, um, the Spanish FA sacked their manager. Um, I- easily go on a little rant about that um but Matthew I wanted to ask you do you think that for a team that pretty much knows a style of football they're going to play and has a really nice mixture of experienced players and young players like Spain do you think that's a really big blow or do you think they could or is it just an excuse um I don't think it will affect them
2: too much like you said they're all experienced players they know how they're going to be playing the manager coming in was the technical director, am I right?
0: He was... The manager coming in is Fernando Hierro. Yeah, yes. Assistants. Yeah.
2: yes, so he, he knows himself as well. Um, yeah. I imagine they'll play the same way. I think the only problem where I can imagine is you know, when it gets to the big games, like he's not really managed before, is he going to have the experience and know-how to change the game or to... You know, when, for example, they were winning three-two last night. Obviously, it was a really good free kick. But is he going to have the know-how and the experience to close games out or change a game when he needs to? Yeah. Is that is that, it, that for me? That's the the one issue I can see in the whole thing. I mean, when, if you're winning every game, you're playing well. I don't think there's a problem. No problem at all. But it's when things start to go a bit wrong. Will he know what to do? Yeah, but I, think, the, the, I, I think I think the one
0: thing that players can't really do by themselves or probably won't be able to yeah. is, is, is is tactically change formation in the middle of the game. I mean, exactly. they've all got they've, they've all got a job to do. They they're all focused on their jobs. But from the sideline, the manager's job is to analyse the whole game, all eleven players, um, weigh up pros and cons of tactical changes, and make those decisions. And I think that it's it's risky having Yero, you know, a man who's who's been part of the setup but hasn't. Hasn't actually had any experience in the slightest. Do we
2: all think it was the right call?
0: Um, what do you think, Jack? Before I have my little rants,
2: the right call to
1: sack the manager. To, to,
0: yeah, to sack yeah. the manager two days before the World Cup.
1: I, I, I still struggle to find the reason why they would do that. Is it cause well, is it something to do with Real Madrid leaking information,
0: or what was the whole I mean, reason? Yeah, I mean, the the slight backstory is that three weeks ago, um, actually slightly further back than that, one month ago, um, Spain signed Spain appointed the new head of the FA, um, and then just a week into his job, he made a priority to to tie down Lopetegui to a, to a nice big contract to tie him down after the next tournament. Yeah. So, so again, so three weeks before the World Cup starts, he he managed to do that. Lopetegui signs a nice big fat deal at a time through to two thousand and twenty. Um, and then, literally, two days before the World Cup starts, he gets a phone call. And the phone call essentially says to him, um, I'm leaving after the World Cup. And that's pretty much it. No sort of a explanation. Um, the the head of the FA guy, I think Ruby Ollis is his name, I think he came out and said, Please just don't let the news get out there. Give me a couple of minutes. I'll travel back down to the base um, and I will let's have a talk about it. So he hangs up. He's literally trying to sort out his flights to get back to the Spanish camp because he was in Moscow sorting out voting for the next World Cup. And someone gives him a little pat on the shoulder and lets him know, oh, by the way, Real Madrid has posted this up on the website. Um, So it's common knowledge now. Yeah. Um, So I think there's... And if if he'd he'd accepted it, the Spanish FA would have actually been entitled to a couple of million euros compensation. But I think the fact that, A, he felt very, very betrayed by the manager... Uh, B, that it all happened behind his back. Um, and C, that he just signed a deal three weeks ago to stay with the Spanish football club. I think that he did it not necessarily because it was the best, tea, best thing for the tournament, but I think he did it for ethical reasons. I think it's hard when someone's disrespected you and the FA that badly um, to, keep, to keep somebody on like that, especially moving forward. If you want to set a precedent and make sure it doesn't happen again, play a hard line now yeah um so so from my heart personally i think it's the right decision um as a bit more of a neutral jack i don't know if you think that should he have bit his lip and kept him on for the tournament or 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 was he right to kind of like play the whole ethical moral moral side of things and get rid of him now
1: no i think you're right um to get rid of him yeah it shows puts the foot down kind of thing that they won't tolerate that sort of Behaviour, I guess he would have, part of it would have been part of out of anger because it's only a couple of days before the tournament, so he hasn't got a lot of time yeah. to think about it. Um, but, yeah, like we discussed, discussed earlier, um, it won't be a massive hindrance because of the team or the experience they have. So, yeah, I think it was the correct decision.
0: Yeah. I think also that it's it surprising that Real Madrid leaked the news like that. If, if you consider the historical... You know Barcelona, the anti-Spanish team, they're the Catalans. Yeah. So that's they what had, I was surprised about. So if I they thought... had if they had done it to to kind of you know to have a little go at Spain, so be it. But for Real Madrid to kind of come out and do it, um, it's, it's been pretty shocking. What do you think, Matty?
2: Yeah, that's what I was shocked about because I always thought Real Madrid and Spain were well, on the same page, kind of thing. Whereas you see Barcelona's, you know, they're more Catalan. So yeah, that's what I was more surprised. I was at to be honest, at first I thought. I was shocked. I was surprised they got rid of him. I thought, for the good of the team, they should have kept him. But after hearing all the stories, ethically, I think making a stand. Yeah, and he's new in the job as well. The the guy, the, the federation as well, isn't he?
0: Yeah, he's, he's brand new.
2: So he's putting his flag down, and he, you know, this is, you know, we don't mess around here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's see how um let let's see how Spain handle a getting out of the group, and then b once they have the big games um, moving forward, let's see how tactically Yero yeah, does. Um, obviously we've moved on to, to day three of the World Cup and we've all managed to, to watch some of France versus Australia. Um, France had just come out winners 2-1. Um, the number one headliner here, will well, there'll be two headlines. One that France, France didn't play particularly well. Um, and secondly is VAR. I think everyone before this game was VAR's working perfectly because it hasn't been used. <laughs> um, and, and today's the first game where it has been used and there are question marks. Um, Jack, what do you think of B.A.R.'s performance in the France-Australia game?
1: Uh, It had good and bad points. I still think it's extremely lacking in terms of when you put it against other sports like rugby or cricket. Um, I still think they need to provide us with audio so that we know what's going on, what they're checking for. Um, They obviously got one decision wrong at the beginning, but then it was used again for the goal line. Um, So I guess... At the moment, you take the good with the bad, but I still think there's a massive uh, sort of void that they need to fill in terms of improving it.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, Jack, um, Matty, I don't know if you saw before before the World Cup started, people released a video and it was like a step-by-step guide of how VAR was going to work. And it involved things like, we'll flash up on the screen, what's happening? We'll show you the exact thing that the referee sees and we'll keep everyone informed. Yeah. Today was the first time that they've used it and they seem to have scrapped that rulebook straight away and, and gone back to the confusion that they had previously. Yeah. Do you think VAR will be a good thing for this World Cup or a bad thing?
2: Um, I think it's got potential for it to be good. That's, that's my thing about VAR. I think, you know, there's nothing worse than losing a big match down to a decision which could have been sorted using technology. You know, you think back to... England and Germany, 2010. I mean, VAR was around. Well, to be honest, that's line technology, but technology in general. Um, I just don't get how they can't even get it right, even with the technology. I mean, we all saw that tackle. He took the Australian defender got the ball. There's not much you can do about then making contact with Griezmann. I, I, I struggle to work out how they get these things wrong. I mean, they seem doing... to,
1: they seem to rush their decisions through. Like I've watched rugby, yeah, and if it's that close, like literally, I don't know, a hairline sort of or millimeter difference, they'll they'll take the time, look at every single angle that they can, uh, over and over again, until they're absolutely sure. And if you can't, like, if you can't be sure, then you can't give it.
2: Yeah, a lot. Like before the tournament, everyone said, "Well, it's going to slow down the pace of the game." You know, we're going to be waiting ages for decisions. That doesn't bother me. If if it did, (laughs) I don't want to go out in the tournament because of a decision like that. I'd rather they take a few minutes. I mean, I don't see what the problem is, waiting, as long as the decision is correct. I mean, that if they didn't have that penalty, France today, I mean, Australia could have got something out of it. Yeah,
1: you see,
0: because
1: when the other penalty was then given up the other end, everyone justice served. But it's not really, because they would have had the penalty on their own. They would be 1-0 up. Um, yeah. And I mean, at the moment, yeah, it's the first group game. Um, so... They've got a lot of time to come back. It's not a massive deal that they got the decision wrong.
2: If that's if that's a semi final yeah. or even the final, then it's a massive mistake. One problem with it as well is a lot of the officials who are using it have never used it before the tournament, so yeah, you can tell. All inexperienced. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, I think I'm, the whole point of Bar is that when there's a clear and obvious error, it corrects it. Yeah, and, and what's obvious about this one is it just wasn't obvious enough. It, it, it didn't seem obvious enough to everyone. I don't know whether the referee saw all the angles or not. It seemed like they only, may, they only may have been focusing on the contact and not actually on the Australian right-back actually making a touch with the ball. Um, yeah. I, was, I was just looking at, De, just to move away from Ron, get out of the football, looking at Deschamps' record, he, he was appointed France manager five years ago. Um, he's got a sixty-two percent, sixty-two percent win ratio, which is probably okay. Um, but t- today, considering the amount of quality that the French squad has, and I think nearly everyone agrees yeah. that it's a squad oozing with quality, especially when you think about the players they've actually left behind. And he's five years into a job. Why is France putting out performances like that, Matty? They're, they're,
2: they're baffling, aren't they? I mean, the such a good team but they re- you know to match today they remind me of watching England like yeah, they were so slow they were so slow and I don't know I, I can't put my finger on it I mean normally you say with France oh well they fall out that's normally the excuse but they look like they've got good morale this time round I mean there's no excuse for the manager this time round yeah. I, I think I think Zidane would be a good option for the France
0: job in my opinion yeah, I mean, Jack, at, at some point, if, if France are playing football like this after, you know, five years of Deschamps in the job, do you think he's a fortunate manager to to still be there, considering they haven't really won anything the last few tournaments?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I would say so. I mean, I don't really know what's the French outlook like from their media and stuff. Do they not put the pressure on managers like we do in England? Um, we expect performances
2: straight away. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know why he's still there, to be honest. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, is it is he living off reputation? I mean, he he lifted the World Cup as a player. I mean, I mean, you can own it. I mean, is that why he's still there? Because
0: he's a legend in France. Yeah, I, I think there should be a part of that. I mean, there's a lot of outcry in France after the squad was named, um, but I think that to be honest with you, the French have such a so many good players that whatever he'd done, there would be some sort of outcry because he would have had to leave out a top player here or there somewhere.
2: I mean, Um, he did actually make a few selection things, problems. Like, you look at the back four, he played a centre-back at right-back. He played, he could have played a more attacking full-back, like Mendy and Sadibi from Monaco and Man City. They were both left on the bench. He played two holding midfielders. Um, Yeah, I just, I think he just got the team wrong and they were just so slow, like I said before. Just like watching England, but with better players.
0: It'd be, it'd be interesting if they, I mean, you know, they say if you start the game, if you start the World Cup slow, it, it's okay as long as you get the right results, because you, you'll pick up momentum moving forward. So let's see if that happens with France. Um, yeah. Again, I mean, the, the quality of the squad is it's absolutely ridiculous. So you think that the performances only, can only improve after that. Um, about to start right now, actually, and, and a bit later on, and so people listening to this podcast will already know the results, uh, but Argentina are now playing Iceland, um, are about to stop playing Iceland. Um I mean, for Iceland, it's obviously a great story, considering they, I think they qualified for their first World Cup last time round, or the last Euros last time round um, and obviously beat England. Um, and now have qualified for the first World Cup, um, which is a, a great achievement for a country of, I think, just over 300,000 residents. Uh, Matty, do Iceland have any chance of getting out of this group?
2: Um, no, not in my opinion. I think right, Thanks. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the group's pretty strong. I think Argentina will go for. It. I think Croatia are a lot of people's dark horses, and I don't think Iceland will do what they did last time round. I think they'll be the last time they were a bit of an unknown quantity. But hmm. I think I think teams will know what they're about this time round. And and Sigursson has gone into the tournament with um, with an injury, so he's not one hundred percent. Um, same with their captain from Gunnarsson from Cardiff so they've yeah. got a few issues there so no I don't think they'll I think they might they, they, they might possibly qualify for the next round but it's going to be very tough because I think Croatia are quite a strong team yeah
0: Jack and, Jack and in this group obviously together with Argentina and Iceland are Nigeria and Croatia and mm-hmm. uh, I think everyone would, would probably think that Argentina are favourites for this group um, who do you think could get out of this group um, with them
1: uh, yeah I think as Matty said, Croatia sort of looked on as being not necessarily dark horses, but um, definitely the ones with a stronger side. Uh, we can also look at depends on which Nigeria turns up for the games. They had a strong, strong-ish uh, friendly against England before for the Cup. Um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a, almost like a death group, I guess. There's going to be very tight games throughout the whole group stages.
0: Yeah. I think. Mean? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Messi performs in this one, because especially in the Spanish league, um, whether it's by coincidence or because they're up in their game, whenever Messi or Ronaldo scores a hat-trick or plays an incredible game, a lot of the times you see that same game week, the other one then putting in an incredible performance. Uh, So it'd be interesting to see if Messi, as he turns up the heat with this game and bangs in a few goals. Yeah, I really hope Um, he does. So do I, because we all know he's the best. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on quickly before Matty pipes in. You um,
2: had to get the last word there, didn't you? We the <laughs> Matty, we moved on. Um,
0: <laughs> let, let's move on to England. Why not? Um, uh, because it's not depressing enough. We've obviously qualified for the World Cup, which is a, which is a start, which we haven't always done recently. Um, and we're going to play our first game on Monday evening against Tunisia. Matty, how important is it to get the first win?
2: Massive, especially with the the way the the fixtures are panned out. With Belgium playing last against us, um, we get a good win against T- Tunisia. That gives us confidence. We should go into Panama, which I think we, we should win. But I mean, if, if we've already got one win behind us and we're playing decent, we should be able to give them a bit of a hiding. Yeah. And then um, I just I think it's just for confidence more than anything. And but the problem is they're going to put men behind the ball. We know what's going to happen. It's whether we can break them down.
0: Um, Jack, do you think that the fact that Southgate. Uh, by the way, for some reason, the team's been leaked already. I oh, really? haven't yeah, seen. I've heard this as well. I we haven't seen, seen, seen one other country leak their team news or be it common knowledge what the starting lineup's going to be. But for some reason, England starting 11 has already been spoken about as if it's confirmed, which I find really strange. Um, I've, not big, even,
2: I've not even heard it.
0: Uh, the big calls are that Ashley Young will, will be starting left-back and that um, Henderson will be starting instead of Dyer. They're the two, they're the two big ones. Um, where is England... I mean, I think Matty actually explained it quite well. I think you will see Tunisia sitting back and defending and trying to hit England on the counter-attack or set pieces. Um, Jack, do you, where is England's spark of creativity going to come from?
1: Uh, I guess you look at so many Tottenham players in the team, going to hope that they're going to have what they do day in, day out and... Like you have Dele Alli, um, he can always bring out an amazing ball to Kane. Or um, Yeah, you can. There's, I think the centre midfield really needs to perform. On paper, they look quite weak. Um, I think that's where you're going to have to see the sort of spark of magic because Kane can't really drop back. I mean, he's, he's going to come to him. He's going to get his chances. We know he can put them away. But I think the actual magic will come from uh, the centre midfield.
0: Do you think that Kane being captain... I mean, do you think that will change the way he plays or his approached it to the game much? What do you think about the extra responsibility he's been given?
1: I don't know if it will change his game. Um, hopefully it will change everyone else's game because he'll be the one really... He seems someone who's really proud about wearing a shirt. I mean, we had it before with Gerard. He kind of... He comes across as being very proud for playing for England, which is what we really want. Um, I think he has a lot more influence on the, on the pitch so hopefully everyone else will up, uh, step up their game because of him
0: Yeah um, Matty just wanted to ask you quickly the fact that this that this tournament I mean there's always a bit of a scandal around England team but the worst scandal this year was Sterling's tattoo which is a, is a manufactured scandal really you think that the fact that this year there hasn't been high expectations there hasn't really been a scandal do you think that, that could play into England's hands?
2: Uh, yeah I think the the lack of distraction off the pitch can only be a positive thing um it should allow them to concentrate on the game and just be comfortable and i think I think the fact that the media seem to be on side as well obviously other than the sterling incident but that's been put under the carpet now um I just want us to i think it it will make us play with a bit more freedom i think I don't think the players will be scared and They've got nothing to lose, to be honest. I think um, Ian Wright
1: said it um, before the whole competition started. He said that that sort of media stuff won't actually affect them because they're a lot more looked after now in the camp. Like It's kind of all closed off. They only have to focus on their job, their football. They don't need to listen to any of that.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're both right. I mean, I think for the first time in a long time, this, this group of players, they just seem to a B relatively young and B they all seem to kind of get on as well. I think in the past yeah. when you look when you look at the whole Gerard Lampard, the Chelsea players, the Arsenal players, the Manu players, that the rivalry from the Premier League had really I think hurt England to want to be in the past. But I think the fact that a lot of these players are actually quite young and fresh to the setup, I think that it's quite refreshing to see. And I think that when you have when you have players that are unproven at international level but want to prove themselves like yep. your Rashfords, um, like Dele Ali, who was it was poor in the last tournament, um, like Sterling, who's had the best season he's ever had, um, scoring twenty odd goals with Man City. I think you have players that are really just going to give it a go. Um, and like you said, I think Matty, the the pressure is not there this year. You know, we all, we all get a bit excited, we all we're all hoping we do well, uh, but the, the yeah. real realistically, we're nowhere near um, winning this tournament, and I think that could really paint to England's hands. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, and back like I think the fact that all the players have played together in like the youth cell, a lot of them, you know, they've all come through together. Gareth Southgate, under twenty-one manager, I don't think we've had this kind of example before where everyone they all know each other. Like you said, they all get on. It's all there's no one they're not sat at their own like little tables. Everyone's together. Um, they all know each other's game. I just, I, I just think it's going to be a really positive tournament for us.
1: I think going back to the sort of club rivalry, uh, I've, I remember hearing Gary Neville say that in the past, the United players would turn up to play for England and just see such a vast difference in like, intensity in training. Whereas I think now they all come from yeah. the top teams and I think those top teams are now all on the same level in terms of how they train week in, week out. So there's just not that difference where uh, some of the players might not feel like, oh, really wanting to play with another player because they're just nowhere near as good whereas I think they're all on the same level um, for the whole seasons now
2: Who do you think who do you think will have um, the like, best impact in, England for the, in, the, in the squad like do the best?
0: Personally I think that you're looking at two players I think you're looking at Sterling because he's had an incredible season and yep. I think for a long time people have always said that if you can just add goals and to his game, he'll, he'll be a much more complete player. So I think he's set up nicely. And the other one is Harry Kane. I mean, outside of those two and maybe Carl Walker, you probably haven't got many players that you describe as world-class. Um, but I think that Sterling, at the back of his season, and Kane, who's now had two or three extraordinary seasons at Tottenham, um, they're both set up just nicely. I think if we can play a nice attacking football um, and just create chances, I think you've got a couple of players there who on the form they're on. Um, can really take advantage of this tournament. Do you do you worry about the
2: defense, like yeah? Where do like we see, Dungeons, our, for example, where
0: do we see our weakness? I guess I, I think defense one hundred percent. I think there's, there's a photo of doing the rounds recently around the whole dream team that we used to have with Sol Campbell and Rio Ferdinand at centre backs. Um, and granted, we played badly and we didn't win any tournaments. But what we wouldn't do right now. For Rio Ferdinand or Sol Campbell on form to be part of that England team. I think you look at our defence and I think to be to be fair, to Gareth Southgate, I wasn't that chocolate appointment. I think that the move to play Carl Walker as one of the three centre-backs is a very good move. It adds that pace and it actually helps um, defenders like Cahill, who have that lack of pace, then I'd be playing right alongside someone like Walker who can help save them in, in certain situations. Um but besides that, yeah, that thing centre back. I don't think we've had a good centre back for a while now. Um, and left back is an issue as well. More than anything, I think it's because Danny Rose hasn't had a solid season under his belt. Um, he, yeah, he, he played the last couple of games with Tottenham, and he, and he played okay, but he looked like someone who hadn't played in a year, um, which is probably why um, Southgate decided to go with Ashley Young at left back, who to be fair to him, has played virtually every single game for Manchester United. Um, I mean, what do you think, Matty? Do you think... What would you have done in that left-back situation? Oh,
2: Ideally, I'd have liked Luke Shaw to be there, but like you said, <laughs> he's not played either. Um, I worry about Ashley Young um, in the bigger games. I think the games like Tunisia, Panama, I don't think it'll be an issue, but in the bigger games for United this season, he's been exposed massively. Like, they, they just get him behind him. So, I mean, he's not a defender. As much as he says he can play that position he's not a defender and i find that players getting behind him too often does he lack pace to think about the bit does... he's not got as much pace as he used to have um i think it's just a more like players running in behind like not being positionally correct yeah i mean if you look at someone like hazard they'll just <laughs> they'll just stick hazard on on young and it'll be in behind him every time so i worry in the big games i hope that danny rose gets a bit more match fit because I'd yeah. rather he play left back as much as I'm a Man United man I'd like Young to be playing every game but I think for the good of the team I think Danny Rose needs to be match fit getting him back in the team
0: yeah the other decision that people are talking about Jack is the, uh, the fact that Henderson will be playing instead of Dier um, why do you think Southgate's done that? Um,
1: it feels like it's a more attacking decision for me um I think, I don't know, maybe again, experience. Uh, Hendersons was captain for England um, for some games. Maybe he's brought him in to try and shore up the uh, centre midfield. Uh, or maybe he's just trying, still not decided. Maybe he'll try Dyer in the next game. Um, I yeah. think these two games, yeah, Tunisia, Panama, you can, you've still got time to sort out who's going where what works what doesn't work so maybe he's trying that
2: I really not too sure I think that's a real problem position for us, that that the center midfield yeah um, cuz i mean if you you need someone who can play the ball forward but also you know defend pretty well i don't think we don't have anyone i also like i like dial on set pieces uh, i think he's got like seven yeah. goals for him yeah. Yeah. I hear that it's going to be Trippier is going to be the set piece man if he plays. That is Kane going to be taking corners. Oh God! Hopefully, <laughs> I think Southgate. I, th- I really think Southgate should do that just for a laugh. Like the first one, just like, <laughs> oh yeah, go on, you go, and then as you know, just as he's about to take it, just calling back. So, yeah, just 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 for kicks, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: That'd be interesting. Um, so, really quick predictions um, against Tunisia, Jack. What do you think?
1: I would try and go to emulate the 98
0: and say 2-0 again. 2-0. Um, Matty. Yeah, I'm going 2-0 as well. Cool, so nil-nil guaranteed then. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, before we go on to, um, to different things, um, just really just want to touch on a bit of news that's happening recently um, outside of this immediate World Cup. One is obviously that Leeds have signed uh, Marco Bielsa. Um, Matty, what do you know about this appointment? I know that he's a bit of a, a wild character,
2: but I was hoping that we, you would bring the depth to this um, little segment.
0: Oh, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for setting me up nicely, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here I go again. Um, to be fair, I mean, I, I think it's an incredible appointment. I think it, it's, it's quite a coup for them to get him. I, I would have liked to have seen him in the Premier League, but if he has to start off in the Championship, we'll see how it goes. Uh, one of the... The reason I'm excited is because he's obviously... When you speak to people like Guardiola, uh, not that I have, or you speak to if <laughs> speak to Pochettino, who again I haven't spoken to either. Uh, but when you speak to, the, to, the, to this young type of really forward-thinking possession-based um, manager, they both mentioned Marco Bielsa as the man um, from whom they adopted this style. Um, and I mean, he was obviously at, he was at I think Bilbao in Spain for quite a while. And his seasons were really they had two or three seasons there, and they were actually quite similar. They started incredibly well. they were super fit after three season and the first half or two thirds of the season they were amazing top four top five of had to go that which is incredible um but then the intense pressure that he demanded from his players really took a hold um and then on more than one occasion, he ended up fading away towards the, end of the season so i mean more than anything i I'm just interested. And to see how he'll perform in the English game, an English game which is notoriously a lot more physical than other teams, um, you think that maybe the type of player and the way they've been conditioned here for years could actually play into his hands. Um, and let's see how Leeds get on this season, which will be interesting. Um, yeah, 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 sorry, were you going to say something, Matthew?
2: I was just going to say, surely he won't last the entire season.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't... mean,
2: I'm, I mean, with the Leeds owner and him, I mean, what, they last like two days at Lazio?
0: Let's see. Let's see. I mean, it's one of those things. If if he's winning, you'd think yeah. that the Leeds ownership will do absolutely anything to try and keep him. The second that he has a small hiccup or they have a bad run of games, that's the test. Do they stand by your manager or, you know, do you pull the plug on the whole project and move on to someone else? Um, let, let's see what happens. Um, I also wanted to mention briefly that there was obviously voting for not the next World Cup, which we're all looking forward to in Qatar. Um, but the one after that which will be 2026 and it's just been awarded to the usa canada and mexico um just because players don't travel around enough that we've chosen three countries spread over a couple of thousand miles um, for, that, for that to pan out jack do you think that was the right choice or should they have gone for morocco i would have
1: liked morocco i think again yeah with the traveling like you mentioned also it might be the only way that the u.s will be in the considering this this time around um, yeah I don't know I think all
0: that's you know what, that's that, that, sorry, that's a really good point actually because the host team obviously I think I'm right in saying the host teams get in yeah they do um, yeah so so the USA Canada and Mexico will qualify <laughs> uh, will all go in this, will they all go in the same group that would be interesting to see but was it? I mean, surely that sets a precedence. I personally, I think that next season we should do a Europe-wide World Cup. Um, all twenty-six teams sharing the games, which means that all twenty-six teams will qualify, um, well, and we can get rid of qualification, which is just—I don't know—in my opinion, it's absolutely awful.
2: Isn't that what Euro twenty twenty will be?
0: Yeah. Have to, to, they increasing the number of teams in that tournament now?
2: Uh, well, no. More to the point, it's been spread across Europe, so. Wembley will have the semi-finals and final. Madrid will have some games. Okay. Azerbaijan will. going to have games. That's that's what Euro 2020 will be like.
0: Okay, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, and also, it'll be a chance for USA, Canada, or Mexico to actually play a World Cup game um, because <laughs> yep. they obviously didn't qualify. Did Mexico qualify for this World Cup? Yeah, Mexico in this one. Mexico did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so just I mean, Canada alone, I don't. Remember, <laughs> I don't even recall them being in a World Cup recently, at all. No. Um, let's see how that pans out. Um, okay, I think I think we've had enough of World Cup news um, today. Obviously, the couple of games are Argentina, Iceland, which is kicking off right now. She's 18 minutes nil nil. I'm glad to report. Um, the other game this evening is your Nigeria versus Croatia, which we already mentioned as well. Um, so, Matty, I understand that you've yep. got a special feature for this week. Is it the same as last yes. week, or is it something different? Something
2: different this time, right? So this is more of a question rather than a little game. So. At the opening ceremony, we had um, Head of FIFA, Putin and the Saudi King all sat together. If you were to go to a game, say a game at the World Cup or any game whatsoever, and you had to have two people sitting either side of you from the world of football, who would you choose to have? Well, I'll ask Jack first. So right,
0: Say that again. What are we... Sorry, Mr. it. so, so Matty, M- M- just to be clear, is this a quiz or is this just an interesting no, question? What this, are you trying? What are you going to achieve here? I think the listeners have lost us. But go ahead. Yeah.
2: This is this is just an interesting question. If you could go to a football game and have two people either side of you, anyone from the world of football, yeah, who would you have there with you? Jesus, <laughs> anyone alive and dead? Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wo- it wouldn't work very well. If they were like, you know, just a corpse next to you. No, but you
1: know what I mean. Um, God, I don't know. I would take Wayne Bridge and John Terry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Great answer. Um, I'm going to go more selfish and I'm going to choose, I'd love to have Maradona on one side um, yep. to see what he's been up to. And, well, actually, we all know what he's been up to, but we need to ask him about three <laughs> the big games. Um, and then I think I'd probably have Gareth Bale on the other side to convince him to come and join Tottenham. Oh,
2: surprising! Um, yeah,
0: I thought you would have gone with Pep. No, nah, nah. more, more, more looking after Tottenham's interests. I take, I take Gareth yeah. Bale uh, for now. Yeah. But ask, ask me after the summer, and I am have a different answer for you. What about um,
2: you, oh, cool. I would be choosing. I think I'd have Alex Ferguson on the right. Obviously, I think he'd have some interesting stories. And I think on the left, it's. I think I'd probably go with um, Bobby Charton Oh,
0: God, Matty. can you not anyone more boring than Bobby Charlton.
2: Well, it was split between him, Ronaldo or Beckham.
0: Oh, Jesus. Also, why did you specifically want Alex Ferguson on the right and Bobby Charlton on the left?
2: Right <laughs> hand <Wow>, man. <laughs> I, never, yeah, I never thought of that, actually. Um, I don't know.
0: All right, thanks for that.
2: So I'll, I'll let you know for the next book why... He was on the right-hand side.
0: I'm sure listeners will be looking forward to that. Um, Just a really quick update on the score. Uh, Sergio Aguero just scored an absolutely cracking goal for Argentina and they're now winning 1-0. All listeners will know the result of this game, but it's 1-0 for the moment. It's a good start for them. Um, And that's it. Matty, thanks a lot for the very interesting question at the end, but for joining us today.
2: Cheers. It's been good.
0: Uh, I don't know what you just said. Jack. <laughs> you threw me completely. What did you say? It'll be good. I said, I said, I said, cheers. It's been good. Oh, it's been good. Oh, I missed that bit. Yeah. Great. Let's either cut that or leave that in for crack. For the crack. Um, Jack, again, thanks for your contributions today.
1: No problem. No problem.
0: Um, and listeners, thank you very much for listening to episode two, season one of Benchwarmers. Um, I hope you enjoy the next few games of the World Cup we'll be, we'll be bringing back the highlights I don't think we'll go through every single game moving forward but we'll, we'll definitely be talking about the big ones um, and just to wrap up we are obviously now thanks to Jack's hard work we are now on iTunes <laughs> thanks to Matty's hard work we are now on Twitter as well uh, so please find us on iTunes and subscribe or follow us on Twitter at and the disclaimer here is that Matty could not find a very good handle uh, so instead of Benchwarmers show he's managed to find at Warm Bench Pod, uh, so, so good luck finding us on, on Twitter. Maybe uh, maybe we can put a link to our Twitter on uh, on iTunes if it works like that. Um, and yes. a, a really quick shout out to Adam Hardy for also helping on Twitter, uh, Mr Meme. Um, we're expecting a lot more from you moving forward. Um, and that's it. Thank you, listeners, and see you in the next one.